him down to Miffed him. Yeah. Um, Miffed him peeved. Miffed him peeved. That's a way of saying, like, you're angry or you're mad. Don't be miffed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. It's a real word. It's a real word. It's a real word. I don't use it. Not in your vocab? Down to dunk. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schlecht. We are part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, also featured on Dash Radio, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 5 o'clock Central Time. With me today, the man making the small ruckus in the background, Alex Spears. Uh, am I really? <laughs> it's a small ruckus. Uh, I, all I was doing was itching my head. <laughs> Dude, your head is so loud. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, so there's not, I mean, like the NBA finals are going on, but everybody knows what's going to happen during the NBA finals, right? There's, there should be no surprise. What? What's going to happen? I guess here's, here's the only question at hand. Will they sweep them? What do you, what do you think? Uh, no, they won't sweep them because my least favorite thing about the warriors is how they never are that dominant. Yeah. That they always just play just hard enough to win. And I bet that the I bet LeBron has one really good game in Cleveland and that's all they need and they they take it to five. Yeah, I agree. Uh, which is, is it's even more frustrating. It is. It's like do we have to Every, do we really have to do this? I can find something frustrating about any possibility <laughs> with the Warriors. If it's a sweep, that's that's great for me too. Then I'm I go back to my Katie ruined basketball angle. You know, I get to do that all summer. So there's really going to be something miserable no matter what happens. They're just bored. I think. I think it's just bored. They are. And I was talking to to Royce about this yesterday, but he he thinks that that there's a chance that Katie just doesn't last that much longer there just, yeah i was listening to that what do you think about that um I, I i think it was probably like he said like it doesn't happen this year most likely um but that he wouldn't be surprised if it did um i, I still i just can't see him leaving this summer how crazy would that be though it would be absolutely insane where we can I feel just, like the, we can just like speculate. The Lakers, yeah, the Lakers. Yeah, they thinking. seem like the only realistic option. Or the Sixers. Yeah, because they have they'll have max cap space, and he, he fit so much better. I mean, obviously LeBron's going to fit better no matter where he is, but um, the the fit with Durant and Simmons makes a lot more sense to me. Mm-hmm. Than Simmons and LeBron because KD doesn't need the ball in his hands, and Simmons definitely does. Not only the fit of Simmons and Durant, but the fit of Colangelo and Durant is seamless. Oh, Burner Brothers. The Burner Bros. He's got to go now. That, that would that would definitely become a thing. Because, may, um, oh, okay, okay. Here's, here's my theory. The Sixers are going to keep Brian Colangelo on for their pitch to Durant. 
It, that's actually pretty brilliant. I feel like you just came up with that on the spot, and uh, I think that's correct. I did. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, listen. Level with me. How many burner accounts do you have? Show, Dude, he can, show them to me. He, <laughs> he can uh, empathize with them, you know? He said, I've been there, man. Dude, I know. I, I, we can get back on top together. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, that report by Woj that came out that the, they think there might be a decision as early as today. Yeah. Um, but apparently it's not set in stone that he is gone. He still has a shot. I think the weirdest thing of that reporting is how they'll say stuff like Colangelo said he had no idea of his wife's involvement. And then a paragraph later, it'll be, it'll still act like we don't know if it's Colangelo's wife or not. Yeah. So, so clearly, in these discussions with the Sixers, they seem to be operating on the idea that it was Colangelo's wife, but no one has still confirmed that. So I just I find that part really strange. It's also it seems like strange. within the team they know it was her. Yeah, and like going through and reading all of the tweets. Like if you, you kind of like read it through like the mind of Brian Colangelo and then like you read it through the mind of his wife and just, it all just makes so much more sense as his wife. All of it does like the way that he was defended. Like it was always so weird. It was like, man, Brian Colangelo is such a weirdo. But then like you put it in the mind of his wife and you're like, oh, okay. Like I can kind of see that. Right. Um, I would be shocked if they kept him. <laughs> they shouldn't he sh- he's the, I don't understand what the upside of keeping him is and if you don't know the Sixers fan base like that will destroy them <laughs> oh they're going to be so mad they're going to be so so mad because they're it almost seems like there are very few casual Sixers fans mm-hmm. <laughs> there's only psycho Sixers fans <laughs> That's true. That, oh my gosh, it, it is, and and you know the the hinky cult that was created, like that, really radicalized a lot of their fan base. And the idea that someone like Colangelo would, who who had this job given to him, and that's a part that I think a lot of fans outside of it don't get, is that when they brought on uh, Jerry Colangelo, the day after Hinky left they brought on Brian Colangelo while telling the fan base that they had done like 75 interviews. <laughs> they tried to right. convince the fans that no, we actually had a really long interview process and, and Brian was just the best candidate. That's just how it was. Gosh. <laughs> and so the fans were really mad about that. And so, and the whole idea for that was that Hinky's going to embarrass the league and embarrass the Sixers. And the idea that Brian Colangelo, if this is true and if his wife was involved, would basically get a get out of jail free card for this and get to keep his job. That would just, that would blow up that, that fan base. Oh, they would be so mad just because it makes no sense to keep him on. And, and it will go all the way back to the real problems with the Sixers is is the ownership group. Right. And, uh, and that's where it all starts. And that sucks because there's just not a lot that you can do about that because you can fire a general manager, you can fire a coach, you can get new players, but 
you know, time through just watching the NBA, it is tough to put together a long sustained run if you don't have just a great ownership group that understand the process and understand everything. I didn't really mean to say the process there, but you know, <laughs> yes, what, you I, did. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I feel like the question for them was like, or should be, does anyone else in the league want this guy? Like, would he get a job if we fired him? Oh, and no. I think, the, I think the answer is no. And so it's like, why are you fighting so hard to save him? Like, would he even get a job just on his GM credentials? Cause the idea that he's been a good GM in Philly, I mean, it basically boils down to him picking up Ilyasova and Bellinelli at the deadline. Like he, he fell into the Simmons deal. He signed Jared Bayless to a terrible deal. He didn't get anything out of Jaleel Okafor in terms of deal, which, Hey, if you've read these burner accounts though, maybe it wasn't his fault. <laughs> he didn't really get anything out of New Orleans Noel. He got a fake first round pick like this guy. It's, it's not like I, I try to think of what would happen if this happened to Sam Presti. Mm-hmm. And I honestly don't know the answer. I don't know how it would be covered. Obviously, Presti seems to not have the personality that would ever do something like this. But if there was a GM of his caliber that meant so much to his franchise, then I would kind of understand it a little bit more. Yeah. He, also, like we actually, we he signed JJ Redick too, which I thought that's maybe one of his better deals. That's true. That was a good deal. Just the one year. But yeah, for the most part, they could bring in anybody. And if they really do want a chance at LeBron, just just do what everyone is saying and just fire him and hire David Griffin. Right. Like, Just give yourself a shot to put somebody in place that LeBron trusts and that LeBron knows can build a championship contender and just put him in place. You know, he's waiting at home for the phone call. Just do it. Like, I don't understand. I mean, it's just, it almost makes too much sense at this point. Oh, man. (laughs) Well, it should be, no matter what happens, it will be a fun uh, rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast when they announce. That's exactly (laughs) right. Seriously, if you're not listening to that show, you need to go subscribe to it right now because it's wonderful. Okay, moving on. Last night, there was a... NBA draft on the clock special on ESPN. Adrian Wojnarowski was on the show and he said lots of things. One of the things that he said was about Paul George. So I'll read the quote and then we can discuss it. And I don't know how long it will take to discuss this, but we'll talk. <laughs> I'll read the quote. He said, but Oklahoma city's done a great job of selling him on a future there. And he liked playing with Russell Westbrook and Steven Adams and Billy Donovan. They have a real opportunity to keep him, but the Lakers are home. He grew up in L.A., and when he left Indiana, his plan was that he would be in L.A. in a year. So you have to credit Oklahoma City for really turning his head on that. What's your initial reaction? I mean... It's amazing that the you got to give props to the Thunder organization for such a disappointing season and to still have Paul George come away feeling really good about the situation. Mm. Um, I mean that's that so like, true. It's that, so true. That really, that really speaks to like the the Thunder organization and like the Thunder culture. Yeah, that, that they were able to get him in a place where he actually could see himself in OKC. Mm-hmm. So props to them. 
Um, man, not only the fact that he left out Melo here, but just thinking about <laughs> how different this would be if the Melo trade never happened. I, I mean, yeah. who knows if it would have made that big of a difference, but it feels like it would have. Yeah. Um, and then, and then the LA stuff, you know, I still don't think he goes to LA unless he's going with another star, which yeah, agreed. <laughs> I don't know at this point. Now it could be uh LeBron. Now it could be KD. Um, I, I could see that happening, but that's one of those things you just, you just don't know right now. I don't think he's going to go for like DeMarcus cousins coming off an Achilles tear. No. And I would honestly be surprised if DeMarcus didn't stay in new Orleans at this point. Right. Cause I think they want to bring him back. And Woj actually had said something about that last night that maybe they won't give him like the full max, but I'm not sure who would, you know, that's a really scary thing to do for a franchise and could could be a killer thing for them. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that we really didn't learn anything new last night. I mean, other things that were, that he said is that the Rockets will be aggressively pursuing Paul George in a way I thought that was on the team. actually the craziest thing. I, I I keep reading these stories about how Houston is going to bring in a third star, and I, I need to listen to like an hour cap podcast just about how that is going to be possible. Right. I mean, it would have to be I, sign I and trade. Yeah, and then what are they giving that team that is going to make it worth it for them? I mean, the it would just have to. I mean, it would have to start with Eric Gordon, in my opinion. For the, if you're the Thunder. Yeah. And then, <clears throat> obviously, his contract isn't big enough. I mean, you just have to say no to Ryan Anderson just as many times as you can. You have to. He has to be... Okay, do you think... Or what do you think the percent chances are that Ryan Anderson isn't on the Rockets next season? That he isn't? That he isn't. Oh, 25%. I just don't know who wants that con, who's going to just take that contract. He's got nobody two, wants it. Two years left, 20 million per. I just don't know what you pair with it. Like, who, who is the young guy on their team that you're really excited about? I mean, you would say Capella, but he's about to get a big deal. So it's not going to be him. Zochi? Yeah, maybe it's Zochi. <laughs> no, they don't have anybody. It would have yeah. been like it would have been Capella this past year. Like then people are like, oh yeah, let's do that right now. Um, but yeah, like Eric Gordon's great, and I thought he was amazing in the playoffs, and he would actually fit really, really well next to Russell Westbrook. Um, but you, you don't, you can't take Ryan Anderson too. And it looks like their so their first round pick is going to Atlanta this year. So that means they can't trade a first round pick until 2020. Mm-hmm. So it's, so it's not even like they have a bunch of pick assets that they could trade. You know, they aren't the Celtics. They can't just put a package together, or at least I don't think they can, but I'm so scared. <laughs> okay. Please. There's no dumb teams. So what if, what if Paul George comes to thunder and says, Hey, listen, two options. One, I'm just going to go sign with the Lakers. Second option uh, send me to Houston and a sign and trade for Eric Gordon and Ryan Anderson. What, uh, do you, what do you do? No, no. 
You don't do it. No, I'd rather have nothing. You'd rather have nothing. Okay. You just, you just locked that team in like that's your team. And Ryan Anderson couldn't even play. So you're basically just swapping them out for Eric Gordon, which Eric Gordon's fine, but that team is nothing. Would you rather play Ryan Anderson or Carmelo Anthony? <sighs> oh, you've really stumped me on this one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here, here go, go with me a little bit here with this. You're no. You, this, just, why are you doing this to me? I don't go, want Ryan. Anderson. Just go with me, Ryan Anderson. He's pro, he's great in the regular season for them, and he's no problem to have to sit him. I know the money is terrible. Just look past the money a little bit. Look past the money a little bit. Can't during the regular season. If you have him and Eric Gordon, and you could, I mean, that, it's an opportunity to have like real shooting around Russell Westbrook, something that he has needed really his whole career that the Thunder really haven't provided. Just, I just wonder what it would look like. Do you, I don't think, <clears throat> if Paul George leaves, I don't think this team's competing for a championship anyways, right? And right. the only reason you don't want Ryan Anderson on your team is if you're competing for a championship and he can't play against the Golden State Warriors. The truth is that Ryan Anderson could probably play against a lot of other teams though. And so just, it's, it, I don't think, I don't think this is going to happen. One, it sounds like you want it to happen. Andrew, I'm just saying, I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world. Ryan Anderson is obviously a flawed defensive player, but he's not like a non-productive NBA player. I'll say that. Uh, that, I mean, if your ownership, is that really what you want to be spending all of this luxury tax money on for the next two seasons? Cle- clearly, no. That's not what you want. Um, no, you don't. <laughs> I mean, if, if there was some way to get Eric Gordon and then just small pieces. I mean, yeah, I mean, that would be ideal. As if you had like Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker, and Nene. Sure. Then like, yeah, let's do that. That would be great. <laughs> but I uh, just I hope that's not where this is going. I, I wasn't really taking it seriously until you just started talking. I'm sorry. I'm I, just, miserable. I just feel like we have to explore all avenues here. I don't. Mm. I still think there's a great chance of him just staying in Oklahoma City, at least for another year and maybe even beyond. Like, I really I think that it takes a lot for anyone to say something nice about Oklahoma City. Um in the mainstream media. And I think it, I think what Woj said, I think that means a lot and should carry a lot of weight. And this is kind of what we thought. Like everything that we've heard from Paul, everything that he has said, the, he sounds sincere, how sincere he is. I don't know, but he sounds sincere when he talks about Oklahoma city and he, when he talks about Russell Westbrook and you know, to me, this this says that there's a good chance that he's back, and there's also uh, probably an even better chance that Carmelo Anthony is not here. And so, like the I, to me, that's the best case scenario. And maybe, maybe they just buy out Melo. Maybe they trade him because if Paul comes back, I think that they don't do anything with Melo until they know what 
what Paul does. Because if Paul George comes back, I think that that signals to the ownership, like, yeah, let's do whatever we can to get better. And that's when you start shopping Carmelo Anthony to teams and see what you can get back. You know, a, a Kent Bazemore is not ideal, but, you know, they could probably go get Kent Bazemore, you know, for Melo. And then Melo get bought out in Atlanta. And then Melo could go wherever he wants. You could send him to Miami. And we've talked about those Miami packages a lot. And they could get productive players back in a deal for Miami. I don't think the Thunder need a third star. I don't know how you feel about that, but I don't think they need a third star. I think they need to go get role players that you're confident can play in the conference finals. I think that that's what you need to go get. And I think that you can go, I think those guys are out there on teams that will be looking to shed salary. And that's, that's all that mellow is at this point. He's a vehicle to, to shed salary for teams. And so I think a lot of teams would be willing to do something <clears throat> and do the buyout and, um, you know, save the money themselves. So, so you think that if Paul George doesn't come back, that they might just keep Mellon? Yeah, I think that's a possibility. Because then you just say, yeah, you can start. We're going to have to give you shots. Like somebody's going to have to score points at that, you know. And, you know, Mello is still talented. <sighs> and at that point, like you, it's, you lose Durant for nothing. You lose you not only that, like you trade away Serge Ibaka to get these guys to get Paul George, and all of that would be gone. And then you trade Ennis Canner, who you know we all love Ennis Canner and know the talent level that he is. But you trade him away for Mello, and then you lose all of that too for nothing. Like that, <clears throat> that I think those things are too damaging to the team to like stay afloat you know and i think that the thunder just want to be able to do that i don't think that a lot of people just want them to strip it all down and um just tank and go for the draft picks and all that like i don't believe the thunder will do that and you know they may not keep mellow for the season they may try to trade him you know at the deadline or before then um but I think that you're, it's less likely that they just buy him out and let him go if, if Paul George decides to leave just because they need, they need ways to get better. And just buying him out doesn't necessarily instantly make the team better. I think, I think there are ways. I think there are trades and ways to, to get this team in a better position using Melo's contract. Um, so... Yeah. Do you think Do you think this is the uh, second most important off season in Thunder history? Yeah, behind twenty sixteen. Yes, I yeah. do. Yeah, because it's so it's pivotal. Because I still, and people might think that I'm crazy. I think I just think that the the Thunder look at what the Rockets did to the Warriors and think we could do that. We could have done that had we had the opportunity and we could do that without mellow. Like if mellow wasn't there, we could have done that. We can defend like that. <laughs> we can, we can, you know, score like that. Cause they honestly, they didn't have to score like crazy. They were in the nineties. 
the thunder can right. the thunder can play in the 90s um I think if you get a healthy Paul George and a healthy Russell Westbrook and a healthy Steven Adams and you have role players around them, you know, you have Robertson back. <clears throat> Hopefully he's healthy. You have Patrick Patterson. You have Jeremy Grant. Uh, we don't know what Terrence Ferguson will look like coming into next season. I didn't think that he could or should have played this past season, but he surprised me in spots and he could have a big summer and come back and be ready to play. Uh, they could go get they could sign somebody with the taxpayer mid-level um, that could play. They could trade Mello and go get, you know, Tyler Johnson, James Johnson. Both those guys can play. You know, like there are ways for them to go compete and to be kind of that version of the Rockets. And, you know, if you get the the Warriors next year after they win another championship, I just think like, as time moves on, it's going to be harder and harder for them to make the finals. I wouldn't pick the Thunder to win it, but I think that they would have a shot. Yeah, I'm really interested to see what they do with their bench this summer. Um, and the reason it's scary to me is because there's not a lot of money out there. Right. So I feel like there's a chance there's going to be a guy who's decent, who's just going to be willing to sign a one-year cheap deal with the Warriors and then enter free agency again in 2019. Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't doubt that they're going to get better players to come in, but like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, like they got Armory Caspi and every, everybody was losing their mind about Armory Caspi. <laughs> I was, and then they, waved, I like Caspi. and then they waved him. So <clears throat> it's who knows, who knows? And I don't, I mean, somebody's going to be willing to go, to go be on that team and uh, they will be good again. They will be the easy favorite again. They will be great again. Um, But we're already seeing like their motivation wane a little bit. Like they're, they have to like make stuff up to be motivated. I just, (laughs) I just don't know how, how long you can do that and how, how, like how much joy is in that, you know, part of like the joy that you see, like throughout the years in the NBA is these teams that fight so hard to get to where they are. Like you saw San Antonio, like a lot of people don't like San Antonio, but that those teams had to fight really hard to win those championships. The Dallas Mavericks, they had to fight super hard to win those championships. Even those Lakers and Celtics is kind of miserable. Those finals were right. Like those teams had to fight really hard to win a championship. Even the LeBron heat, the LeBron Heat, they lost in the first year. That second year against the Thunder, everybody's like, oh, they beat the Thunder in five. Really easy. That wasn't an easy series. Those games were, all those games were really close. And they had to fight to get their championship. And then they, uh, oh, man, I, I, I was, I don't know why I was thinking about it the other day, but that Ray Allen shot, just yeah. how, how much of NBA history that altered. Oh, so much. And it's just, it's it's amazing and they had to fight for that. And the the fact is the Warriors aren't fighting for anything. The only thing they're fighting is boredom. And I just don't know how long you can do that. Like how long can you play NBA 2K on rookie mode? Is like it gets boring after like an hour max. Well, well, we'll see about that because Andrew, uh big news I'm about to buy NBA 2K on the Switch for my trip oh. home to Oklahoma. Oh. 
So I will put it on rookie and let you know. <laughs> let me know. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Like when yeah, things no, are just so easy, like it just gets boring. Like when you can score at will and do whatever you want. Like that's that was the Warriors against the Rockets. Like they just screwed around. It felt like they were just screwing around and they almost lost because of it. Yeah. Like you look at the Warriors regular season this year and how much a drop off there was because next year, what is going to be the narrative to get them through the regular season? I mean, they barely got through it this year just with injuries and just not caring. Uh, Next year is going to be even uglier. Oh, it's going to be it's going to be really that's what i'm saying like i just don't know how long this can continue like we think that clay and draymond are gonna just take the lowest amount of money and just try to keep it all together but you know if you're bored and like the competition isn't there anymore and i mean what what is it what does it look like i mean is that are you having fun anymore I mean, I don't know. It's, I think that somebody is eventually going to jump ship. And it could be Durant. It could be Clay Thompson. It could be Draymond Green. Like something, something's got to give at some point because it's joy. It's just joyless, and you have to just make it up. And it's not, it's not cool anymore. Uh, I, I can already see what's going to happen. It's going to be KD leaving at some point, and then you're going to have the original Warriors back together, and then everyone then the narrative around them will be like, Oh, it's the old warriors again. We can root for them again and be cool with them again. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Which I think is what is best for the NBA because that team, of course it is. Yeah. That that team is beatable, but that team is also super fun and they were, they were amazing. Um, but they're beatable and that's what the NBA, the NBA needs, you know, these strong teams at the top, but they also need them to be beatable for it to be a fun product. You know, what's a fun product either way, Alex, what is that? It's the press. <laughs> you got to go check out the press. They're in the Plaza district near downtown. OKC. Uh, it's Southern style comfort food and it's so good. You can get, they have the starters. They have the waffle fry bonanza, waffle fries, queso, cheddar, diced red onion, diced bacon and barbecue drizzle they've got an avocado toast that's very very good i got some really fresh salads they have their mac and cheese that i just rave about it's this radiatory mac and cheese so it's not just like your standard mac and cheese uh and you can get it with with chili you can get it with uh barbecue uh it's it's just amazing you can go have brunch there where they have biscuits and gravy they have pancakes uh, they have their breakfast bomb, which is a bed of smashed potatoes, biscuits, uh, chicken strips, country gravy, eggs, and bacon bits. It's all so good. You have to go check out the press today. Uh, support the people that support Down to Dunk and eat at the press. So we're going to... We ha- I have asked for a few questions um, on Twitter before we started. Uh, the, the frozen Oki at the frozen Oki asks who's more delusional, Kevin Durant or Carmelo Anthony. I mean, I think it has to be KD because Melo's delusions are pretty standard for like NBA stars yeah. in past their prime. You know, we, we've seen this version of uh, NBA delusion before. So it's, it's not that unique. KD's is pretty unique. Like 
I almost I was considering preparing for the pod, but then I decided I had no I, I had no interest in depressing people this much. But I was preparing like an oral history of all the different ways or all the different reasons KD has given for leaving OKC. Because mm-hmm. I think we're probably up to about like a dozen now, like a dozen oh, unique yeah. reasons that he stated. Um, so that's that's why KD's is so unique. Like, and that's why I tweeted the other day. Like, this would have all been so much easier if he just said, "I just don't like playing with Russ," and that was just his only reason from the beginning. Yeah, I think everyone would have been like, "Oh, well, yeah, I kind of get it." Right. <laughs> um. And and it would have been fine ultimately. Like we still would have disliked him, but he we wouldn't have this like twenty four hour news cycle that's just constantly going and it's always brand new. Whatever Katie decides is the reason he left. It's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. It is. We have to discuss it all the time. And he's just such a weirdo. This is what it all comes down to. He just doesn't. I don't think he knows why or what he wants or. That's why that's I mean, it just makes sense why he would leave there ultimately, just because he's not even invested in the person that he is there. I mean, he's just constantly changing Um, at Panthers fan two one three four wants to know if it's realistic for Carl Anthony Towns to be in OKC. It's not. I don't think they're trading him. And so they're definitely could get a better package than what OKC could offer anyways. So I would not count on that. It'd be, be awesome, but I don't, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, Caleb underscore Jones underscore wants to know basically about LeBron coming to OKC in a sign and trade. Another just not not happening. It's just, what, do you, what do you think about uh, kind of playing off of that? I don't know if you saw what Matt Moore was talking about yesterday, but how he was trying to figure out if LeBron would really want to go to a franchise with a shadow, either meaning like the shadow of Kobe in LA or going to a team. Cause somebody asked about Oklahoma city and he was like, why would he want to go to another team that is obviously not his and spend his like, forget that it's Oklahoma city, but just the fact that there's another superstar there that is beloved. Um, I mean, it, it almost be like KD going to golden state where he knows he's not going to be as beloved as Steph is. Yeah. Um, whereas, but see, then even with the Sixers, I mean, the Sixers fans are going to love LeBron if he's there, but that, that is Embiid's team. Well, and that's the, like that whole fan base is so rabid about the process and what it took to make that team. And the Ricky Sanchez guys have even said, I don't really want LeBron to come here. I really don't want that to happen. Right. And it's because like they want to like earn the championship in the right way and the way they think it should have happened is like all of Sam, everything Sam Hinkie did just put this thing in motion and they're headed toward a championship anyways. Like don't don't fast track us. Don't bring LeBron in here to control everything kind of stuff. And, you know, I, <laughs> I, I don't blame them. And I, that's just, I just don't, everybody's just counting out Cleveland entirely. I don't think that people, I don't know if we should. I really don't because I, I know Cleveland just means a lot to LeBron means a lot to his family. And I just, at the end of the day, I just wonder if they're going to be willing to do that. And we don't know what Cleveland could do at the draft. 
like Cleveland may be boring and they might just draft Michael Porter Jr. and then just go home. They could also package Kevin Love in the eight and go get something interesting and right. really change the equation for LeBron. Like that could happen. And if you think that the Cavs are just going to sit on their hands and hope that Jordan Clarkson doesn't suck next year, like I, I just don't see that happening. I think they're going to try everything they can to make that team look better for LeBron to come back to. There's nothing they can do about it now, obviously, but when the draft gets here, I mean, here in a couple weeks, I would be surprised if that Cavs team looks the same. Um, just because I think they're going to be trying, they're going to be trying to get Kemba Walker. They're going to be trying to make some real moves to draw LeBron back. And LeBron will already be drawn back just because it's Cleveland. We've already seen that once. And so I just wouldn't count it out. And then if he stays put, then Paul George could stay put. Then DeMarcus Cousins could stay put. Like everybody's, you know, thinking all this movement's going to happen. Chris Paul stays put. Like we may have a more boring summer than what people are anticipating. I think that that is possible. Um, It's more fun to envision LeBron being somewhere else and Paul George for the average NBA fan for them to imagine him being somewhere else. But that just may not be the case. It could be, it could be more boring than what people are anticipating. I just think if, if LeBron's going to stay, he has to know what the team's plan is like very quickly mm-hmm. because watching him in these finals, he just looks so exhausted and frustrated. And so he, he's going to have to know like, what is the big deal that's coming before he's going to commit? Yeah. And that's why the draft will be really, really important for them because I think it's really their, their biggest way to improve now is if you can find a team that's like, you know what, I really like who's available at eight. We'll give you, you know, our franchise player and we'll, we'll start over. You know, it makes sense for Charlotte to do something like that. Um, just because I don't know how much better they're going to be anyways next season. Um, okay, let's move on to our off-season studies. We'll start with Paul George. We don't know if Paul George will be back, but if he is back... Who would you want him to study in the off season? <laughs> You're going to be so disappointed in me. Uh, okay. So I, I think Paul George is great. You know, he's an incredibly versatile player that would fit on, on almost any team in the league. Could he get to the line more? Sure. Could he improve his playmaking? Absolutely. But Andrew, we as Thunder fans are not in a position right now to critique Paul's game. The goal right now is to convince Paul George that he wants to spend his athletic prime in Oklahoma City. So who better to do that than Oklahoma's greatest sports ambassador? Russell Westbrook? No. Mickey Mantle? He's dead. (laughs) Jim Thorpe? Even deader. No, it's Jimmy Houston. Andrew, Oklahoma's greatest angler and host of Jimmy Houston Outdoors. In fact, he's a fisherman, Andrew. (laughs) What are you doing? That's what angler means. <laughs> Listen to this. I I did some some uh, Facebook reconnaissance. Paul George already knows Jimmy Houston. They have actually already fished together. Wow. Jimmy posted a picture on September 24th, 2017 of him bass fishing with Paul George. So they're already friends. Okay. Jimmy's lovable. He's in the Oklahoma Sports Hall of Fame. He kisses fish. That's like his thing. He, I think Jimmy Houston should be posted up outside of whatever California gym Paul is at with just a couple of rods, 
a boat on a trailer and a bucket of bait. What do you say? <laughs> and a big old airplane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I had a really hard time thinking of like a mentor for Paul George. Like who, who did you pick for his game specifically? I picked Marcus Smart. What? Just go with me. Just go with me on, on this strange little journey. Marcus Smart is just a relentless defender and he has no conscience whatsoever. And I think if he could learn to be that aggressive on both ends, like he has the talent that Marcus Smart doesn't. He has the length, the athleticism. He has all of that. But at times he disappears. And we saw that in game six against the Jazz. And the thing about Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart never disappears. Marcus Smart is always at the forefront of everything. And he thinks that he's one of the best players on the floor. And he plays like it. And he'll take shots, whether or not they're a smart shot, he'll take them. And Paul George could use a little bit of that, in my opinion. After watching him for a full season, he can fade away a little bit. Um, and so if I just like thought of somebody that like never really fades away, that, you know, something that Paul George could just use a little bit more is just that kind of attitude that Marcus Smart brings. And so that's that's kind of what I would want. If you, if you want more from Paul George, like you could compare him to like all the other greats and he has like the skills of most of those guys. His handle could be better. Sure. But if you're most guys that are that tall, like you're, you know, unless you're LeBron, like your handle could be better. Um, but he just kind of lacks a certain mentality at times where he isn't aggressive. You know, he was playoff P for one game, you know, and the rest. <laughs> and then in game six, I mean, it was, it was a complete dud. He was, pa- I mean, he was so passive. It was, he was frustrating. And so Marcus Smart is never passive and he's always aggressive. And that's why that could be frustrating to fans, how aggressive he can be sometimes. But um, I just feel like Paul George could use some of that. Okay. I get it. Uh, let's move on to Patrick Patterson, who will be back with the Thunder, uh, who could be the starting power forward for the Thunder. Who did you, who'd you have for, for two, Pat? Okay. I actually feel really good about this one. Okay. okay. So Patterson had the lowest usage percentage of his career. He had the lowest minutes since his rookie season. He's age 29. You know, overall, a disappointing season. Was it the injury? Was it natural age-related decline? Can it all be blamed on Mello? Probably. Can Tupat <laughs> bounce back in his 29-year-old season? Well, Andrew, how about we pair him with one of the greatest role players of all time, a guy who played with multiple Hall of Famers, won multiple rings, a guy who at age 29 began one of the greatest runs in NBA history a role player has ever seen. I'm speaking, of course, of Robert Ory. Mm. Think about that. So Patterson has clearly accepted his role, but you bring in Horry to help him maximize it. And I think part of that is just giving Patterson the confidence he needs to get back to his days as a plus minus darling in Toronto. Um, Robert Ory's career, I spent a lot of time on his basketball reference page last night, um, is very strange. He was he was very good initially with Houston, and then he just had some weird years. I don't know if there were injuries at that time. And then around age 29, 
he just kind of found his groove as a role player. And that's when the Lakers started winning all the championships. And then he would go on to the Spurs and he just always knew his role. And he wasn't playing a ton of minutes at that time. Um, like other than one season, I don't think he played more than 24 minutes a game. So I just think he would be a really good model for Patterson to work with. Not necessarily their games exactly, but just the mentality. Yeah, no, I think that's a great one because that's kind of his ideal role is to do what Ori did. Um, That's a good one. I like yours better than mine. I picked Al Horford because he's kind of like a poor man's, poor man's to homeless man's Al Horford because he is a good passer. He's a good defender. He can shoot it from deep. Uh, He doesn't, I mean, Horford isn't necessarily a guy that has to have a a super high usage rate. Uh, He's kind of a glue. He's kind of a superstar glue guy. Um, And Patterson's just a glue guy. And so if he could just kind of mimic what Horford does for them, I think that that's kind of what the Thunder want. And I feel like he kind of does that anyways, where, you know, Horford at times, like you don't even know that he's on the court, but if you watch closely, like he's always doing the right thing and he's always doing things to help the team win. And I think that Patterson is similar in that way. He didn't have, Patterson didn't have a standout season at all. And in fact, like there were times where I thought that he just wasn't even very good. But I I think that we saw kind of a glimpse of what the team could have been with him as a starter in Golden State uh, when Melo rolled his ankle in like the second minute of the game. Right. And he was awesome. I mean, he is when Melo is detrimental to the offense, Patterson does the opposite. You know, he'll he will move the ball. He's not going to hold it for any amount of time. He's one of the best touch passers in the NBA. Um, The only the only real problem with him is that you really can't play him at center. Like if you wanted to put him as your small ball center, like he doesn't he didn't hold up. He didn't have the leg strength to defend bigger guys and so he's just a power forward and that's to me that's why he didn't really have much of a role this season it's because you already had Melo there you wanted to play jeremy grant more you obviously have to play uh steven adams a ton of minutes and then like your minutes are just gone and so i feel like if he had the opportunity he could be like a poor man's al horford glue guy for for the thunder yeah, and I, I've always thought that the issue with Patterson is he just needs more playing time with the best players on this team. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's where he's going to look the best, which is probably true for most players on the roster. Obviously, you're going to look better when you're playing more minutes with Adams and George and Westbrook. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really crucial for him because he, he, that's where he is. he's going to be maximized. Without a doubt. Uh, next one, another guy that's a free agent, but certainly wants to be back in Oklahoma city and will likely be back on a minimum kind of deal. Um, Raymond Felton, thick, you go first, our thick daddy. Raymond Felton. Uh, I thought he was really good this season. I thought defensively he played well. Um, but at times he just has the worst shot selection. <laughs> and so he could stand to pass it more. And look to get teammates involved more, certainly whenever he's in the game. 
And uh, what better backup point guard to do that than Rajon Rondo, who almost does it too much. And so maybe if he studied Rondo, he <laughs> it would kind of balance it out a little bit because he's never going to be Rondo, who like is accused of overpassing. Um, but if he could balance that out a little bit, I think he's a decent playmaker. I think that he could just stand to be more of that. Um, so that's that's who I trust. So you want him to learn how to assist hunt? <laughs> I just want him to get his teammates involved. That's all I want. Because <laughs> I mean, there were times where he would just like it, he would just take over, like he's like Jamal Crawford or something. It's just like all right, this. It wasn't always the greatest thing. Sometimes it saved their butts. It saved their butts in Charlotte. But I don't think that it was always the greatest thing for the team. So, uh, the, uh, of all the ones we've done, I had legitimately the m- most difficult time coming up with a mentor for Felton. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at this point in his career, who's really going to change Ray? I thought about finding like a wise backup point guard who could teach him the joys of good shot selection. But would Ray even listen, Andrew? Can an old dog really learn new tricks? (laughs) Who can mentor Raymond Bernard Felton Jr.? Who, Andrew? I say no one. (laughs) Ray cannot be mentored. He is unmentorable. He is a fully formed NBA player. He is what he is, and that will never change. Do not try to make him something he is not, Andrew. He has officially entered the intangible veteran leadership phase, and you need to embrace it. Oh, wow. It's over, Andrew. <laughs> Can't be mentored. Well, do you want him back? Well, sure. Yeah, I like him. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, he was, yeah, he was fine. I yeah. mean, come I, you know, I was actually when I was trying to come up with anyone, literally anyone that made sense, I was uh, searching for like greatest backup point guards of all time. And I was looking at like the current backup point guard crop there. It's not great. Like there's not a ton of great backup point guards right now. Right. I mean, Sean Livingston was the one that was brought up as the best one. And, you know, so I think Ray is probably like right in the middle of the pack. And I think for what he's being paid, that's great. Like, obviously, I I would love if we had Patrick Beverly, you know, without that history. Um, But I think Felton is he's fine for the minimum. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, Terrence Ferguson. Okay, so my initial goal with Ferguson was to find a skinny shooting guard who was a good three point shooter, but also got to the line. That was very important because I think one of the areas where we'd love to see Ferguson grow is his ability to get to the line. One, because he's a great free throw shooter, mm-hmm. but two, because he's probably one of the best athletes on the team. And he really doesn't use that athleticism when he's just spotting up shooting threes. Yep. And I really want to shoot for the ceiling with Ferguson. I don't want to think about him as a role player. You know, he's 19 years old. He could be anything at this point. So I went through three names. I still don't know if I like any of these, but the first guy I thought of, that I didn't end up going with because I completely misremembered his game was Richard Hamilton. Um, thinking about, I, I don't know why, but in my head, I thought he was like just a prolific three point shooter. I have a trivia question for you, Andrew. Okay. What was the highest number of three point attempts per game that Richard Hamilton ever had in a single season? Attempts. Two. It, yeah, it was three, which 
I don't know why I thought it was so much higher. He was just a, he was a he was a master of the mid range. He was he was, and I forgot that. Yeah. Uh, so, so I so I crossed him off the list. Then I thought of Kevin Martin. I was thinking, oh, here's a skinny guy. He was a good three point shooter, but he made his career out of getting to the line as a skinny shooting guard. But the more I thought about it, his game was more about craft than pure athleticism. He was a really good ball handler, which we just haven't seen yet from Terrence Ferguson. It's possible. Um, so then the third name, I was like, well, you know what? Let's just keep, keep getting more ridiculous. Let's go for absolute ceiling. So I thought, what about Reggie Miller? He's skinny. He's a good three-point shooter. He got to the line. Maybe he doesn't have elite athleticism, but it was 10 p.m. at this point, and I couldn't think of any more names. <laughs> so I am sticking with Reggie Miller. <laughs> wow. Okay. And maybe it's not the greatest comp for Ferguson's ceiling, but we still don't really know what Ferguson is. This summer league is actually going to be the first time that Ferguson will be looked at as a number one option. Because he didn't. So I just wanted us to keep our minds open that maybe this 19-year-old can develop into something much more than a spot-up role player. And at the very least, I think Reggie could teach him the secrets of surviving in the NBA for 17 seasons as a super skinny dude. Yeah. I, this was so crazy to me. So Reggie Miller played in the NBA for 17 seasons. He only had three seasons where he missed more than 12 games. Like He was just an absolute machine. And the guy was rail thin and... And because uh, I, when we talk about Ferguson, we talk about him bulking up. But if that doesn't happen, I also don't know if that's the worst thing ever. I think I think he can still develop his game. He's right in line with like Kevin Martin and Reggie Miller in terms of weight. Yeah, that's true. He doesn't have to get all that much bigger. If he could be over two hundred pounds, that would be nice. But um, yeah, I think that's a that's an interesting ceiling for him. Uh, I mean, he would have to be, I mean, Reggie Miller is an all time great and is super annoying. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, that would, that would be really crazy if he could do that. Um, my guy, I would want him to study is Kyrie Irving because I think that if there's one thing that he would need to become a great player, it's a handle. And I don't think there's there may not be anybody better at handling the basketball than Kyrie. And so if he could learn to handle and get into the lane and create his own shot, um, cause he can already shoot it. He's like you mentioned, he's got the athleticism there. You know, Kyrie gets to the free throw line. Uh, he finishes at the rim and excuse me, if he could learn to do that, I mean, you're, you're talking about a, a star, in Ferguson. And I don't know if he'll be a star or not. He could just be a spot up three point shooter, you know, three and D role player type of guy, in which case at the 21st spot, like that's a great pick. Like you got yourself a good player, but Ferguson could be more like he really could be. Um, nobody has any idea what this kid could be. And, you know, I have heard that Presty took him because he saw him, with the most upside of anybody there and OG and OB included um, and a guy that could potentially just be one of the best trade baits in the NBA. And so it's really one of my favorite late round picks that Presti's done just because 
he fits the mold of something that the Thunder have needed for so long. Is just like a, a wing that has potential that can shoot it. You know, you take right. uh, he took like a Mitch McGarry and he took a Josh Hustis in those spots and you know, he took Reggie Jackson who ended up being really good, but still not exactly like a, a guy that's, you know, great for this NBA. Um but Ferguson fits it. Like he fits the mold of a guy that can play in this NBA. And so I really I I didn't like the pick at the time, but like the further we get away from it, the more that we learn about Ferguson. Uh, the organization just gushes about him and they I'm sure they've gushed about guys that haven't been good in the past but a lot of it is about his work ethic and his ability to learn things quickly and that that has to be exciting for Thunder fans I mean he could he could raise the ceiling of this team next season if they're able to keep Paul I just don't think people are factoring him into the equation a whole lot and maybe you shouldn't I don't I don't know I don't think we should jump the gun on this but it's a is a possibility that he comes back and he can play. And as much as I love Alex Abrinas, like he could jump Abrinas in the rotation. Um, I wouldn't say that's out of the possibility. So, yeah, and and the thing with me with Ferguson is how does he end up using his athleticism? Does he become one of these guys who gets really good at running off of picks, like Reggie Miller or Ray Allen, or does he become a guy who gets really good? at putting the ball on the floor and getting the hoop with his athleticism. Um, and so that's kind of what I'm interested in seeing this summer at summer league, just to see what kind of player he's going to become. I'm guessing it's going to be more of the drives to the rim. Cause we actually saw that a little bit during the season. Um, so I, I just want to see like what he does when he has the ball in his hand and there's no other like all stars or anyone better than him on the court. Mm-hmm. What kind of player does he think he is? very i'm very excited for summer league just because of that it's going to be really could be really fun uh do you want to talk about takari (laughs) i have one okay go ahead uh so i was originally going to say canter yeah um more for the the idea of him being this you know if you go back and look at his g league stats and i even watched some of his highlights you know, he's this around the rim 20 and 10 guy in the G League. And so maybe he could potentially one day fill a role similar to Ennis. But I just don't think he has the natural scoring ability that Ennis does. He is not fluid in the way that Ennis is. No. Um, and so the reality is I just don't ever think that's going to be his role in the NBA. I just don't think he's good enough offensively to earn significant minutes for that role mm-hmm. um, where he's looked at looked at as a scorer on a second unit. So if that role seems out of reach, I think the most, the next most obvious role would be as a spot player against very specific big men in the league. Kind of like we saw in that Clippers game. I mean, they kind of needed him at that point because Adams was out, but the idea that you can play him against someone like Deandre Jordan. And so for that, Andrew, there's only one person to call. So I'm going with Kendrick Perkins. (laughs) And Kendrick Perkins is going to teach him how to play defense against the the very few remaining last dinosaur giants in the league. And that's how he's going to make his bones in this league. I, uh, I don't think Dakar is an NBA player. No, give him a shot. I just, I'm just, I wish they would wave him. 
Sorry. Well, this this took a this took a downturn. <laughs> I don't have any. Poor guy. I bet he's tuning in right now, Andrew. Sorry. And he's like, oh yeah, perk. What? Oh, okay, I could do that. And then you come on, crush his dreams. <laughs> I mean, the truth is, like, he is a. <clears throat> he's not really a tough guy. He's not a great defender. Uh, he's got some skill. Like, he can pass it and shoot it and he can handle even a little bit, but like those skills are at such a low level. Like you have to be to be that big and to have those skills, the skill level has to be so high. Um, and I feel like he just has a little bit of all of those things. Um, so if I were to have him study somebody, Oh boy. Um, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I really if he wants to expand those maybe Nikola Jokic who also doesn't have athleticism um but he's like that super skilled guy like he's got like those high level skills and so for to me like Dakari's chance to to stay in the NBA and to be an NBA player and to be a backup center is to increase those skills cuz I just don't know if he'll ever be like a tough guy or a great defender, but if he could, if he could increase his passing and shooting skills like Jokic, then, um, I think that's his, that's his shot to be a backup center in my opinion. Yeah. Cause if you look at someone like Cantor, I mean, if he was a little bit worse in rebounding or a little bit worse as a scorer, like there just wouldn't be a place in the NBA for him. Right. No, no, there would not. Um, okay. Anything else before we go? Uh, just looking forward to a possible fry pod surprise. Yes. Alex will be in town. And so we may have a, a five man fry pod. So. I get in at 1am. So we'll see if I show up. Hey, if you're, if you're coming, you're getting a fritter. I'll tell you that. Ooh, Luke that is, might be enough. Luke is officially out. Do you like apple fritters? Do you like fritters? <laughs> I thought you were about to say Luke is officially out. Do you like Luke? Yeah. Do you like Luke? <laughs> we, we pushed him out of the pot. <laughs> he, uh, no, he's out of fritter nation. We've been, uh, we, we send these texts to each other about uh, fritter nation and we just yeah. pump ourselves up before Friday morning, every Friday for like the past like six weeks. And then someone goes and buys fritters for fritter nation. But Luke is officially out of fritter nation. So if you want in, we've got a, we've got a spot and fritter nation on the fry pod. I'll be honest. I haven't had a fritter in maybe a decade. I don't, are they just burnt donuts? <laughs> no, <laughs> really? Cause that's what they look like. <laughs> you can't go by what they look like, but if you want to be a part of fritter nation, just let us know. Uh, okay. <laughs> thanks for listening to today's podcast. Um, We'll talk to you guys again on Friday with or without Alex. I'm not sure yet, but hope you guys have a great day. Please take some time to leave us a five-star iTunes review if you have some time. I know there's a lot of you that are listening that are thinking, you know, I haven't done that yet or I haven't taken the time to do that. It's just, it would just mean a lot to us if you would just take a few seconds from your day, if it's on your lunch break or whenever, to just... Go to iTunes. You can do it on your computer. You can do it from your phone if you have an iPhone. Search down to dunk. Hit five stars. That's all you have to do. That would be wonderful. If you have time to leave us a nice message, that would be great too. 
we'll talk to you guys again Friday morning. We have a YouTube channel. So if you just search down to dunk and you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and you can watch the fry pod live, we'll have it on there. So be sure you subscribe to that and check us out there. We'll talk to you guys Friday morning.